L-M-C. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. Give me a go, no go for launch. Booster. Go. Retro. Go. Vital. We go fly. Guidance. Guidance go. Surgeon. Go flight. Ecom. We're go flight. GNC. We're go. Tell me. Go. Control. Go flight. Procedures. Go. Inco. Go. FAO. We are go. Network. Go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. We're go flight. Launch control. This is Houston. We are go for launch. Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Good evening. To you, one and all, I am.
Welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. Folks, they said it couldn't be done, but here we are. They tried to stop us. But and I'll tell you who this is, folks. This is the team of professional assassin ninjas that have been sent after Candelo Kimbita. And since he's our wonderful special guest on the show tonight, they tried But, brother, they failed again. So right now, folks, you're listening to myself, Professor Charles Porterfield, live from the middle of the field on the phone. I'm looking at some crickets here. There's a raccoon and a tree. And you have Charles Howard, the Grand Mufti of Satanism, sitting in on our board. And the one, the only, Tata Candelo Cambisa, patiently, patiently, patiently waiting in the wings. So we've lost a few moments out of the show, and I sure do apologize for that, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be working on that, but let's get to some news, folks. All right, let me tell you something. Right now, in Forestville, California, and in other points east, we are working diligently, not only at this year's fantastic 2017 Hoodoo Heritage Festival coming up very shortly, coming up in May, May 13th and 14th, Don't be square. Don't be late. Get on in there, folks. Get on in there. Get your tickets and be there. We're going to have some fantastic workshops, but also the Lucky Mojo publishing arm has been diligently, diligently working at getting four fantastic books ready to please your eyes, stimulate your mind, and touch your heart. We've got Volvomancy by Dr. Jeremy Weiss. We've got Women's Work by Aurora Forrest. We've got Cursing and Crossing by Miss Aida. And we have this amazing book, which is going to be essentially Hoodoo Herb and Root Medicine by Catherine Ironwood. And those books are flying out, folks. If you would like to pre-order those books, you can go now over to Lucky Mojo and type in, find them, and pre-order them. If you would like a free copy of those books, come on out to the festival. You will receive all four of those books free, plus a workshop devoted to each and every one of those books individually. Or if you want to wait, after the festival, bright and early Monday and Tuesday, those books will go on sale live, immediate sale through Lucky Mojo, and then about a week or two later, They'll pop up on Amazon, and you'll be able to get them through there, too. Let me just tell you, I have had the opportunity, my friends, to get a chance to look, to read all four of these books, and they are magnificent. Now, I know there are going to be folks that are going to say, Oh, he's got to say that. Come on, what is he going to say? No, 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 no. I'm telling you, these are books that are going to change the way you think about certain things in hoodoo that are going to change the way you do certain work in hoodoo, that are going to change the way you regard and look at your herbs and your work and your house and your vagina. Get on out there, get your free copies, pre-order them or order them after. Now, tonight we're having a very special episode of the Now You Know Show. We're going to have a guest. He's going to be in here for the lion's share of the show. We're not going to talk about a root or an herb. We're not going to talk about what we do 
we're we're not going to have a pontification. Oh, can you believe that I can get a week through without pontificating? <laughs> they said it couldn't be done, but it will be done. Oh, yes, dear friends. Oh, yes, dear friends. And, and I want to say something about the Now You Know show. It says up at top, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it says up top that tonight is episode 95. Well, that is correct. It is episode 95 of the regular Now You Know show. But when you go back and you include our Christmas specials, our Thanksgiving specials, and our Halloween specials, that I want you to know that tonight, tonight is the one hundredth occasion of us being here, of me being so graced and so lucky as to get to talk with you all, share a little information, hear your stories, and connect and communicate with you. And first and foremost, I want to take just a moment, if I may, and this isn't some sort of cheap Hollywood thing, some sort of schmaltzy whatever. I mean this. I want to thank my sponsors, my good friends at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. From the top to the bottom, the finest shop around. I want to salute Catherine and Nagashiva Ironwood. I want to salute all of the employees there, uh, Heidi and Eileen and all the others for all the hard work they do. And you don't even know, friends, you don't even know the work that these people put in on books, for the festival, for all sorts of things. And so I have been very graced and very lucky to have a magnificent sponsor that was unafraid to give my ass a live mic each and every week. And speaking of a live mic, we've got one right now over in the LNC Radio Newsroom. Well, we're going to go over there and hear the news from your pal and mine, Hatchy Fog. Take it away, Newsroom. All right, hold on. We're having a little bit of problem uh, getting over to the newsroom. Uh, you know, when they pull one wire out, uh, it all goes. So here we go. Patsy, take it away. Good evening. This is Philip Fogg reading the news. Today is Thursday, April 20th the 110th day of 2017. There are 62 days until summer begins and 255 days left in the year. The 21st and 22nd will be auspicious days to can fruits and vegetables, mow to slow growth, castrate farm animals, wean, potty train, brew beer, and get married. The 22nd, uh, 21st and 22nd are also good days to set strawberry plants, excellent days for vine crops such as beans, peas, and cucumbers, good days for transplanting, and favorable days for planting root crops. 
They will also be excellent days for morning fishing. Today's highlight in history comes to us from this date in 1977, when the U.S. Supreme Court in Woolley v. Maynard ruled 6-3 to three that car owners could refuse to display state mottos on license plates, such as New Hampshire's famous Live Free or Die. Also on this date, in 1792, France declared war on Austria, marking the start of the French Revolutionary Wars. In 1861, Colonel Robert E. Lee resigned his commission in the United States Army. In 1912, Boston's Fenway Park hosted its first professional baseball game, while Navin Field, Tiger Stadium, opened in Detroit. In 1914, the Ludlow Massacre took place when the Colorado National Guard opened fire on a tent colony of striking miners. About 20, accounts vary, strikers, women, and children were killed. In 1916, the Chicago Cubs played their first game at Wrigley Field, then known as Wiegum Park. The Cubs defeated the Cincinnati Reds 7-6. On this date in 1972, Apollo 16's lunar module carrying astronauts John W. Young and Charles M. Duke Jr. landed on the moon. In 1987, the United States deported Carl Lennox to the Soviet Union where he had been convicted in absentia of Nazi war crimes and faced a death sentence. In 1999, the Columbine High School massacre took place in Colorado as two students, Eric Harris and Dial Kelbel, shot and killed 12 classmates and one teacher before taking their own lives. In 2010, an explosion on the Deepwater Horizon oil platform leased by British Petroleum killed 11 workers and caused a blowout that began spewing an estimated 200 million gallons of crude into the Gulf of Mexico. The well was finally capped nearly three months later on July 15th. Today's OMC birthday greetings go out to retired Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens, who is 97 today. Actor Leslie Phillips is 93. Actor George Takei is 80. Bluegrass singer and musician Doyle Lawson of Quicksilver is 73. Actress Judith O'Day from The Night of the Living Dead is 72. Rock musician Craig Foss of Grand Funk Railroad and Bob Seger's Silver Bullet Band is 69. Actress Jessica Lange, 68. Actor Crispin Glover, 53. Actor Andy Serkis, 53 as well. And actress Carmen Electra is 45. We also wish to send out birthday greetings and wishes to air members Miss Phoenix whose birthday was on the 2nd, and Papa G, whose birthday was uh, the 22nd, and Papa G, whose birthday is on the 26th. Happy birthday to you all. Our thoughts 
for the day comes to us from Georges Dumas, French author, born 1884, died 1966, who said, quote, If anyone tells you something strange about the world, something you had never heard before, do not laugh, but listen attentively. Make him repeat it. Make him explain it. No doubt there is something there worth taking hold of. This has been the news from the LMC Radio News Desk. And we now turn you over. Hold on, folks. They're trying to give me a thumbs up from the hall. Johnny's out there. We now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the lucky numbers. Lucky number. Oh, dreaming of lucky numbers. Hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition. Or even make me suspicious. Table with 13 dishes. It will make me. That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay, yeah. Put my trunk in group of dust. Cause you know someday may bring you a seven. Or maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that's you be in heaven. Lucky number for me, yeah. Oh, yes, and you need not just trust in group of dust. Because we have the lucky numbers and card for you here each and every week, my friends. And as always, the lucky numbers come to us from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not stop on by there and take a look? And they are 7, 9. 21, 27, 39, and 49. These are some particularly good numbers this week, and I have to tell you that they're going to be hot now till Tuesday, Tuesday evening. And then around Tuesday evening, they're going to start to die off. They're not going to be quite as hot come Wednesday evening or even Thursday morning of next week. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 321. That's 321. 777. That's 777. Particularly hot right now. And 909. That's 900. And nine, and I have a very good feeling about our 909. The card of the week is the three of diamonds, a benefactor, help from others, be honest and act responsibly. This week, help will come from unlooked-for places, 
This is a good week to reach out to others and allow yourself to be helped by others as well. Honesty in all public and private matters is of great importance this week. Do not let a little white lie lead to greater harm than good. This is also a week to act in a responsible manner and take matters by the horns. Do what is right and all will be right. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, (laughs) remember where you get. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, from the First and Second Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas, our own Miss Loretta with Cooking with Miss Loretta. Miss Loretta Martin thought she was a woman, but she was another man. All the girls around her say she's got it coming, but she gets it while she can. chaos here this week, so he got to apologize. I have to apologize to y'all if you can't hear me. We're just trying to make do here. i got to tell you, it was exciting. One of these panels near the professor just caught on. I mean, there was sparks and lightning and all sorts of things. I thought, oh, Lord, but he just he just went off into the hall and got a fire extinguisher and everything's fine now. So tonight, I have an excellent little recipe for y'all, and sometimes folks talk about comfort food, and they talk about how very important comfort food is to them. But as you all may know, there's some problems with comfort food. First of all, it's very fattening. That's the reason it's comforting, but also it often takes a long time. You know, you want it just that way. And so some folks have written in to me and they have asked, do you have a good comfort food recipe uh, for the crock pot? So tonight I'm going to give you one on the cheap. This is crock pot chicken and dumplings. The prep time for this is 20, excuse me, 10 minutes. The cook time is four hours, and the total time for that is going to be four hours and ten minutes. This recipe serves eight. Now, the ingredients you will need for this are as follows. Four boneless, skinless chicken breasts, thawed. One can and you want to get a a 14-and-a-half-ounce can of chicken broth, two 10-ounce cans of Campbell's cream of chicken soup, one can of Pillsbury Grand biscuits, 
and that's the 16 and a third ounce can. One fourth a cup of cooked crispy bacon crumpled up. Then you're also going to want to have one half of a white onion chopped, one eighth of a teaspoon of garlic powder, one fourth a teaspoon of salt, and one fourth a teaspoon of pepper. Now, to cook this, it's just as easy as can be. You're going to add your chicken to your crock pot, pour your chicken broth, cream of chicken soup, and chopped onions over the chicken. And then sprinkle in your garlic powder, salt, and pepper and cover your lid. You're going to cook that on high for three hours or on low for six hours if you need more time. And then remove the chicken and shred it up with two forks. Take the biscuits out of the can and cut each biscuit into eight pieces. Place the shredded chicken back in your crock pot, then add your chopped bacon and your biscuit pieces. Cover with your lid and then cook on high for one more hour or until it's all done and your biscuits start to kind of puff up like dumplings in there. Once it's done, you just take it and scoop the mixture out, serve it in nice bowls, and enjoy. It's a wonderful, quick, and easy way to get chicken and dumplings, which is a comfort food for a lot of us here in the South, on the cheap. So I hope that you and your family will enjoy it and give it a try. We're now going to go back to Professor Porterfield, and I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, Miss Loretta. All right, that sounds like a pretty good recipe. Um, because of our technical difficulties, it's not quite going into uh, the uh, uh, <laughs> the chat room the way we would like. But you know, we'll all find our way through. Up next, tonight's special guest, Candelo Cambisa, here to talk to us about the ancestors. That's right, the ancestors. So get ready for that. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to end up with any sort of blues about it, any sort of worry about graveyards or, 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 or funerals or, or even undertakers. I'm going down to the undertaker and look down in my baby's Take and look down in my baby's face. I'm sorry she had to leave me, but I just can't take a place. She hurts back up to the undertaker, then you roll my baby. Backed up to the undertaker And it rolled my baby away And I can't do nothing But grieve my time away 
try this now and hopefully you all can hear me a lot better than you were hearing me just a few moments ago and uh, <laughs> we're getting a little bit of uh, feedback here uh, and we're addressing that as it goes on so we do not have any uh, name it and claim it for uh, this week uh no one uh, no one no one won that round all right so uh that's fine good for them uh sometimes we get it sometimes we do not uh so that's fine so let's just go to it that was buddy moss buddy moss with undertaker blues that's right buddy moss with the under Taker Blues, and we sure do hope you enjoyed that. So, right now we're kind of uh, we're kind of running here on uh, how do I want to put this? We're kind of running here on uh, on sheer adrenaline, uh, and uh, and so I'm I'm back out of the field, and you all can hear me. Uh, so here we are, and now what we're going to do is we're going to try to bring in a lot sooner than we had planned, or a lot later, I should say, uh, our one and only good friend, uh, Candelo Cambisa. Uh, so let's see, are you there, brother? Salam alaikum, brother. How are you? 
Alaikum Shalom. I am uh, fit to be tied is how I am. You and these ninjas that are after you, see, are a problem. This is a problem. We're gonna have to get. We're gonna have to get some ninja insurance. All right, no, brother. Uh, you know, I don't know. I do not know if it was actually the ninjas this time, because um, we um, we had an, we had a, a a conversation yesterday. All right, about Jewish ancestors wanting to be left alone or left sleeping instead of bothered when. Um, when calling on them, <laughs> so it might be your ancestors that put a wrench in this. I see. Well, well, before we go any further here, let's, uh, <laughs> for those of you in the uh, right now or in the future listening to this uh, in the archives, let's cover this one of two ways. First of all, uh, if this is your first time listening to the Now You Know show, normally we do it a little different, so tonight we have a special guest in. If you're a fan of the Now You Know show, but you do not know who Tata Candelo Cambisa is, well, here he is. And uh, he is a very well-known individual, a fine member of AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, an excellent worker in his own right, uh, Palero. Uh, a, 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 a man who is crowned in various things that he can tell you better than myself, and my go-to guy when it comes to the issues of ancestors, ancestor veneration, etc. And so hmm. we've been getting some letters in here at the Now You Know show, and we've got a little pile of them. And folks have been saying, what about this? What about that? Can you talk about this? Can you talk about that on the show? And so mm-hmm. rather than get up and kind of try to just feel my way through it in the dark, I thought I would bring to you all an expert in the field. So that's why uh, my good friend and our, Candelo Cambisa is with us this evening. And so we are now... We've got about an hour and 12 minutes left in the show, so let's get down to it. Candelo. Yes, sir. Can you tell us a little bit about this idea of the ancestors? Let's just try to cover the field first. What are we talking about when we mean the ancestors? Is that just my immediate kin, my blood kin? How far back does it go? What if I'm adopted? Tell us a little bit about how that all works. Well, first of all, I, I, I want to tell you, um, and, and I want to say, first of all, that um, a couple of years ago, I was, we were talking about um, the new coming trends or the trends in spirituality. And um, for some reason, I thought that it was going to be something else. Lo and behold, um, a lot of people weren't talking about this a couple of years ago. Okay? It's, it's a new trend. You know, although the ancestors have always been there. And, and have always warranted our, 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 our uplifting of them, our usage of them, our remembrance of them. But now it seems like everyone is talking about ancestors. That's the first thing. <clears throat> what are the ancestors? Okay, um, from my perspective, my ancestors are people that came through my, either my mother's bloodline, my father's bloodline, and so on and so forth. But in this day and age, you see a lot of people venerating other people's ancestors. And I, and I also want to talk upon that a little bit also. 
Because you've right. got people who say things like appropriation when it comes to um, believing in this certain spirit or, or believing in that spirit. And I want to talk about that, you know, maybe later on if you can remind me, because I'm going to drop a bomb down that's going to really affect a lot of people and it's going to get a lot of people mad. And a lot of people are going to say, well, now I understand why these certain spirits are working with us. Okay. Um, please, uh, if you have any questions or anything, just, you know, you know me, I could go up off the mouth for, for hours. <laughs> well, tell us, a, tell us, a, let me ask you this. Are ancestors formed only by blood? No. If you're a, okay. All right. So they are. So if, if we have adopted people out there, because this is one of our questions that we were asked, what if I'm exactly. adopted? So well, what if you're adopted, but you don't know those people? Let me give you an example from our question. And this is from Kimberly. And Kimberly's adopted. And Kimberly mm-hmm. knew as far back as her great grandparents, meaning mm-hmm. that the family she was adopted into at when she at the age she was, she was a baby, and her great grandparents, her adopted great grandparents were still alive. So she feels right. Kimberly writes that she feels it's appropriate for her to contact them because she had a personal relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Is it appropriate for her to contact ancestors older than them within that familial line? Yes. Okay, just like in um, when you get initiated into Palo Mayumbe, when you get initiated into um, an ATR, any ATR, those adopted spirits, because you are not a bloodline of the person you're getting ad- uh, initiated to, okay? So, yes, you do get adopted by those certain pit spirits. We believe that they are attached spirits. They're, you are born with spirits that you pick before you even come into existence, okay? So what is the young lady's name? Her name is Kimberly. Okay. So, Kimberly, let me explain something to you. Before you were born, you picked out this family, meaning you picked out this family and you picked up the whole bloodline of this family. Now, I'm not going to tell you that everyone in this bloodline is going to accept you with open arms because you've got to remember that people don't just go into death and become enlightened spirits. So what you got to do is search out the ones that are um, open to having you in their, in their thing. And that's, that's a damn good question because that is something else I wanted to speak up on. When you look at people nowadays saying that someone is appropriating, and, and I was one of these people also that said, what are you doing with that Madonna on top of your, your altar? But let me, ask, let, me, let me remind you something, too, that through the diaspora, And through changing beliefs, let's call it that, people have held on to certain religious beliefs and have forgotten their own ancestors. So these spirits are spirits that are, let's not call wandering, but needing of love and light. So if you come around, a dude from Texas, who says, man, you know, I really like this spirit. This spirit is calling to me. Well, guess what? And I got to tell you, this is a change from where I used to think, Professor Porterfield. It really is. But you are yes, giving sir. this spirit the love, the attention that his own ancestors are giving. So why when would I, not this spirit? Why would not this spirit accept your 
your um how can I say this your givings of love or or your attributes to the spirit? Well, let me ask you a question in relationship to that. This brings up a point that I'm interested in. Now, I understand what you're saying. It makes sense. But obviously, you and I know that there are a lot of very foolish people who just go around and say, I want, I like, I'm going to take. Okay? Oh, well, so it's not, so not, what it's are, not I want, I like, I'm going to take. It's not like that. Again, you know that. Exactly. Exactly. So my question is, what if you're going to do that, if you feel that this spirit is calling to you, if you feel that this ancestor from a separate uh, ethnic or tribal, uh, etc. group is calling to you, what is your responsibility? What I mean, obviously, anybody can just say, oh, fine, I'm going to buy a cookie jar with mammy on it and call it Madrini, you know, whatever, set it up there. And they don't, they're, they're not taking any responsibility. What is the responsibility of someone who's going to make a bold move like that? The responsibility of a person that's going to be a, to make a move like that is, first of all, respect the culture. That's the first thing. Second of all, get to learn or meet or greet or 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 conversate or have conversations. Sorry, with people of this culture. Okay, so that you can know what it is to be or what it was. Some people that are alive now that are in their 80s, 90s, and things like that there, have relatives that actually live that. Okay, so if you're able to speak to some of these people, culturally respect them, as Charles just said, you can get a better understanding. Okay? And not just for calling these spirits um, mammies, madamas, or whatever they may be. That's just, you know, one set of spirits. Okay? I know that I do not have any um, American Indian in me or Native American in me, okay? But I do have Puerto Rican, Taino, um, Atawak, and all those types of spirits around me. But yet and still, when I live here in the United States and I live here in Seminole country or Miccosukee country or, say, Cherokee country, before I put up any other altar for any other spirit, The spirits that I speak to are the spirits of this land in respect to them. Not that I'm using them for, for, for making money, not that I'm using them to do consultas or do cleanings or do anything like that there. I'm giving them their space. I'm showing them that they are honored. They are respected in their particular space. And it's not meaning that, that I'm sense. going to make, not meaning that I'm going to make a dollar off of them, not meaning that I'm going to use them for whatever witching things that I do, but it's going to be a it's going to be a respect for the spirits of that land. Very good. I would add one other thing. Now, now watch me show my ass. Here's me showing my ass, folks. I told you I'm going to bring Candelo Cambisa in as an expert. Because I didn't know, and now I'm going to add two. <laughs> I would yes. add this as I would add this as well. You also have a responsibility if you are going to deal with an ancestral spirit like this that may not be of your blood, of your ethnicity, of your racial background, of your place of origin. 
you have a responsibility to involve yourselves as an ally in the struggles, the day-to-day, two-day struggles of those people's living ancestors. Now, Tata Candela already talked about this. You need to go talk to them. You need to have relationships with them. I'm going to go one step further and say you need to become an ally in their struggles because what good does it do? What good does it do for you to be talking to their great-great-grandparents, but you won't help the great-great-grandchild out in this world? So that's my addition to that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have with us Tonight, here on the Now You Know show, Candelo Cambisa, and he's here to talk with us about ancestors and to answer your questions that you've been sending in. Because you know, folks, Tata Candelo and I are just sitting here trying to answer your questions, trying to help you. You know, he and I are just sending a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network in the vanguard! The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Ruler Power with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candela's Corner with Candelo Cambisa and Michael Carell, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays 6 to 7, The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Thank you, Troll Towelhead Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network. And baby, when we say chief, we mean chief. He has saved, pulled our bacon out of the fire tonight, and he is standing by working with us even as we speak. We're going to be right back with more conversation with your friend and mine, Tata Candelo Kimbisa. But first, here's a little song. You know, uh, our friend Tata, he went to Cuba to get crowned. He's doing his time in white right now. Can't go out at night. So here's a little song just for Candelo. Yeah. 
All right, yeah, baby. So that one went out to our special guest, Candelo, and we have two Name It and Claim It winners. Uh, we ran out of macaroons. Pa- uh, Peshock is over, so we've gone back tonight to brownies. And first, we, we have one brownie for Christy XP. She gets a brownie for correctly naming the group that was, in fact, Steely Dan. And then the second one, and that's going to be a corner piece, so that you can have two crispy edges out of the four edges, is going to be Miss Catherine Ironwood with Daddy Can't Drink in New York City No More. <laughs> that was just for you, brother. <laughs> I, was, I, I was taken what? aback by that one. I, I <laughs> Well, let's get into it. We've got questions, and we're going to go to some questions now. You all have been so kind to write in questions to us, and you give us such lovely letters. You ask us questions. You have lovely comments from Miss Loretta. I know that even Patchy in our newsroom has a few fans, and thank you so much. Please remember, if you have any uh, messages for us about the show, please send them to Professor Porterfield. Excuse me. That's Prof Porterfield at gmail.com. Once again, that's P-R-O-F-P-O. R-T-E-R-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com. All right. Candelo, we have questions from Cheryl. And Cheryl has a number of questions, and I'm going to field them to you as we go. So here's the first question. We've already answered it, so we're just going to touch on it quickly. Uh, In terms of an ancestral spirit, are they who they were in Life. Yes and no, because it depends on how long they have been dead. Okay, um, a lot of times um, people tend to think that when spirit goes over, they automatically turn into the spirit of light or and things of that sort. No, spirit takes a while for them to be able to um, comprehend once one. First of all, that they're dead, and second of all how to expand or be able to turn into teachers, okay? Let me explain something else to you. Because a lot of people tend to think that these spirits stay in their perpetual place or stay, as they say, in the spirit realm. No. Just like everything has a beginning and end, so does your time and spirit them, okay? Meaning that there is a certain time when they've become either enlightened or, or have expanded enough to where they no longer crave um, human things like, you know, drinking alcohol, drugs, human touch, and things of that sort. Okay? So there, there are actual different planes of existence in the spirit realm, if you can pretty much catch me. I understand. So next, Cheryl wants to know is those of us who might be dealing with ancestors, do you relate differently to the spirit than you would have to the individual when they were living? Let's say you knew your grandmother and she's Mm -hmm. now passed on. Are you going to relate to her as a ancestral spirit in the same way that you related to Big Mama when she was alive? Of course. Okay. 
Because I, I always find it crazy that people say, well, you need to, 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 to say these crazy prayers or say these things to someone who loved you or someone who still does love you. You understand? Um, the same way you would relate to, to Big Mama, as you called her, you would relate to her now in depth. The same way you would speak to her, you would speak to her in depth. Okay? Now, what I would tend to tell people is, now, if Big Mama was an alcoholic, you don't want to give her spirits in death. You know what I mean? You don't want to give her alcohol in death. If she died of smoking right. cigarettes, goodness gracious, do not put three cigars up there. You understand? Right. Because it takes a while before before they actually um before they actually um how do you say this? Before they actually get used to their, their situation. Mm-hmm. Okay? Let me explain something to you. And I know you've seen this in a lot of people's um a lot of people in the ATRs and, and things of that sort. Okay? Who happen to have ingangas or happen to have um these types of spiritual shrines and stuff like that there. A lot of them a lot of them tend to take up a lot of drinking or tend to take up a lot of, you know, crazy little acts about them. Why? Because that spirit that is withheld, withheld inside that Nganga is living through that person. Wow. That is so there needs to. Huh? That, that, that's, 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 that's really, you just said a mouthful there. I, I know, but another, see, and a lot of people have not said this, right? See, but I am a person that has lived this and can say it, and you have seen it from several people. Spirit that was a hard drinker, that was a hard smoker, a hard womanizer, or whatever it may be, takes life inside the person who owns that particular um, vessel. So the same thing can happen to people that do not know how to educate, how to placate their ancestors. And you've seen it. Right. Okay. So, well, all right. That's, that, that is, you know, right there, folks. That's, that's the cost of just tuning in, the information you just got there. All right. Now, here's the one that I've had a lot of different people ask. Uh, it's not just Cheryl. We've got this question asked uh, by three or four other people, so let's cover it right now. What are, if there are, if there are, what are the dangers outside of what you just said? Because you just, you led us into this. If there are, what are the dangers of working with the ancestors? Well, Brother, you know what, and, 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 and there's many different schools of thought on this. Some people say, I work them. I make my um, ancestors do this, so I, you know, make. But, brother, you know, I honestly believe, okay, that you can use them as protection. You can use them as, you know, maybe for a little luck or something like this here. But, right. To actually hurt people or or to 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 make things out of you know out of ill will and stuff, I, I don't believe in that. Okay, especially when okay. it comes to ancestor spirits. All right, why? Because the first thing we learn in Paulo and we learn in these types of you know spiritual spiritualities is 
It says, help me so that I may be able to help you, right? Um, Meaning that you come into some type of partnership with these spirits. Help me and I'll be able to help you. Um, So they're helping me, but I'm sending them outside to do fucked up shit. You understand? So how am I helping them? Right. You get get what I'm trying to tell you? I mean, yeah. You know, we all know what it is to be a two-handed worker and stuff like that there and how we do justified work and stuff like that there. But just on the whim, I don't think so, you know? Okay. Uh, I think those are the dangers. The dangers are on how you're going to actually use them. Okay. I hope now, I, we also have – mm-hmm. no, no, you, you were very clear, and we have a kind of a corollary to that. We have – we're going to mm-hmm. go back to Cheryl here in a middle, minute – but we also have uh, a, a comment here from Denise, and Denise has a unique situation, and she wants to know if this is unusual or if this is normal, and it relates to our last question. She has begun working with her grandmother. This is her grandmother on her father's side, her paternal grandmother. And mm. since she has started working with her grandmother, she has found her kitchen in disarray, meaning Mm -hmm. she finds it very difficult to do things the way she was doing them. Uh, She's had some interference when trying to cook certain recipes her way. She's had some interference trying to store pots and pans her way or to put the dishes in the dishwasher without washing them off first. She's getting Mm -hmm. flack back from grandmama because grandmama is apparently saying no child you wash the dishes first before you put them in the dishwasher no child you don't store the pots that way what are you putting that much salt in that for you don't put i never put that much salt in that is this a fairly normal typical expect is this a common kind of situation yes but grandma needs to know that she's dead okay um okay Everybody has their place and how they're supposed to work with you and, you know, stuff like that there. You know, mama, grandmama needs to get out the kitchen and get by the ancestor altar, okay? Because if it's going to be causing the person a problem or a personal problem to the person, then grandma's becoming a hindrance. You understand? Okay, so, um, absolutely. So mm-hmm. a follow-up to this, so, we now need to tell Denise, because Denise told us this in her letter. I had not read it. Denise, mm-hmm. if you're listening now or later in the archives, this, you told me that you had placed your ancestral altar in your kitchen, on your, <laughs> ki- uh, your kitchen hutch table. You need to take it out of there. That's from mm-hmm. Candelo Cambises telling you, take that ancestral altar out of the kitchen because you've put grandma in the kitchen in your little coffee hutch. Please go okay. on, sir. And, that, and there's a, and there's another thing that, that that we use. Okay, you don't want to keep her where basically it's hot all the time. Okay, you remember that the kitchen you're messing around with the stove, you're messing around with this, and it's it's always heated. Okay, you have to put your ancestral or somewhere where it's neutral. Okay. Not inside your, not inside your, your bedroom, not inside um, your kitchen, and not inside somewhere where everybody's getting drunk and, and doing all kinds of stuff. In, okay? 
The first thing that they taught me a long time ago was that your ancestor altar, whenever you gave them food or something, you gave them in a cracked plate and something that was a little cracked, something that was a little thing. So it could break that line between the living and the dead so they could know that it was dead. You know, um, that's fascinating to me because – that's fascinating to me because in Judaism we have certain objects that we use as a part of our observance, uh, whether it be a prayer shawl or whether it be a kiddish cup or what have you. Mm-hmm. And when those items become damaged, they are considered dead, and we will actually bury them. And so that's mm-hmm. interesting that you're talking about the cracked plate, the chipped cup. So what you're saying here is we need to you, – you're reminding them they're, di- they're dead by bringing them their things in mm-hmm. objects that are, quote, dead as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another thing I want to I I share with people, guys, and I, I don't know if I ever said it on this show, but I know I said it on, on, on Ken Dunn's Corner. Guys, our bodies are made up of over 90 percent water, Okay. Um, the planet is what, you know, very watery. I can't tell you the, 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 the statistics of how much water we have on the planet. Oh, it's a hell of a lot. Three more fours. water than that. Three fourths. Three, Three fours. fours. Okay. So let me explain to you something. And I've said this before. I believe I said it on the Lucky Mojo Curio Hour. Um, Curio. Um, Lucky Mojo um, Root Work Hour. Um, you want to get in contact with your, with your ancestors? The way you do it is with water. Okay. Remember that the same water that we're drinking now, our ancestors drunk. Um, whether it be your grandmother, your grandfather, your great-great-grandmother, your great-great-grandmother, all the way down to Miss, Mr. And, and Mrs. Adam and Eve. The same water is getting um, reused. The same water that, that they drunk is the same water we drink. So that's why we use cups of water on our ancestral altars. The main cup is for our blood relatives. But then you got to remember, guys, that our DNA is made up of many different things. Okay? That's why we have legions of spirits that actually walk with us. Um, on my particular boulevard, there is a line for Arabs. There is a line for um, the European ancestors. There is a line for the the native um, spirits of Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, and then there is the African line. All these spirits are legions, and all these spirits are in our DNA. That's why I tell everyone that has come to me, the first thing you want to do, brother, is get yourself some DNA testing. See, because I see a lot of people holding up this these flags. You know, I am, let's say, I am I I'm a mixed. I'm a mixed person. I have Afro-Caribbean. I have um, Spaniard. I have French. I have this. I have that through my genealogy. So if you see a person only claiming to be only black or all white, were they doing their other ancestors a big disservice? Mm -hmm. Because they are there. You want to reach out to the whole family. You want to reach out to the whole family. Exactly. And let me tell well, you something have... about one case. Can I tell you just one case that yes, I had please, please, please do. a while back ago? Um, I had um, a young lady who, who came to me that was having an ancestral problem. 
Well, lo and behold, there was two spirits in her ancestral cord that were clashing with each other. Well, not actually clashing because one had her foot on the other one's neck. Meaning, and I said, well, why is this happening? You know, do you know that you actually have white ancestors? And she says, yes, okay, whatever. Well, you have a white ancestor here that was not the best ancestor. This white ancestor had sex, forcible sex, with one of your female ancestors. And now she is not letting him move. And he needs to either move, be let go, or actually put somewhere where his suffering can continue. But it's all up to you. So this whole thing was a whole clash within her ancestral cord. So a lot of people are going to... Go ahead. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. ahead, ahead. Please, finish it. Oh, it just brings up... We have a question. We have a question Mm -hmm. here from Paul. And you just said something, and I want to address it before it goes away. Paul asked, having listened to your show, having listened to other places, Paul wants to know, is it cord... C-O-R-D, or is it court, C-O-U-R-T? And Paul says he's heard both, he believes, and wants to know, are they both correct? Is either, which is it? Well, they're both correct. Is it ancestral court or ancestral court? They're both correct. I prefer to use the thing cord, okay, because it kind of resembles to me the, the DNA strands right. and how everything comes and the lines all come off this one main thing and breaks off into everything else. Some people have used the, the, the and, it, and it all depends on what school of, of spiritualism you come from. Some say chords, some say courts, say um, 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 celestial courts or celestial chords. It depends on what branch of spiritualism you're coming from. Okay, so that answers that. Now, you just talked to us about uh, placing uh, the ancestral altar in a, quote, neutral space. And this is a, I got to tell you, this is a hot topic. We're going to, we're not even going to name one person. We're just going to say the gang, okay? The gang has written in, because we've got about six of these. The gang has written in and asked this question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of combine it and sum it up. And here is the question. I have limited space, okay? I don't have a very big home. I'm renting a room. I'm living in somebody else's house, etc. Can I have my ancestral altar in my bedroom, particularly in light of the idea that some of my ancestors lived pretty much in one-room dwellings. Wow. Well, you can, okay? But you would have to have them covered. Brother, All right. The, well, reason, the reason I say that is because you don't want the nakedness in front of your ancestors, okay? You might have Uncle Chester that was a molester inside your court. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, there are certain things that are not supposed to be done in front of spirit, okay? As we know, there are certain sects of religiosities that have to get up every morning and clean themselves just in case they have touched themselves in the nighttime. 
Okay? Why? Why do we have these things? Okay? Why do we have these things? Because we are sexual creatures. All right? And spirit needs to know that spirit is spirit, and spirit does not need to be touching live people in whatever form or way it is. Okay. Okay. So now so when you say cover. Some type of something that you could actually cover it up, put it off mm-hmm. inside of a certain place. I've seen people that can have um, ancestral altars inside, let's say, of a room. So they have a separate room inside the thing. Under the sink in the bathroom, they will put it under the sink in the bathroom, a special place for ancestors. So you could put it in a cabinet. You could yes. cover it with a cloth. Yes. You could put up a curtain between you and it. Yes. You could use a folding divider. Uh, you know, like yes. some people separate that root. Okay. So when we say covered, what we're really just talking about here is to separate in some manner – uh, in, a, mm-hmm. in, a, in a respectful and honoring way. All right. That's a fantastic answer, folks, because I know so many people that this becomes a hot topic. So what we've got here is, yes, you can, but you need to make some sort of arrangement. Uh, you could just get a curtain, get you a curtain rod, you know, and just do that. Okay. Now, this is a little different than what you have said you have talked about using the ancestors and we do work and this and we make requests but outside of that outside of that in your experience this is going back to Cheryl Cheryl asks do we receive blessings okay by working with our ancestors and I Cheryl's kind of right and she's not saying work here she's saying is it just a positive force in our life well, let me explain something to you. Yes, please. Most spiritualists, most people in the ATRs, okay? This is the only type of spiritualism I can tell you about because it's the only one I know, okay? Right. Um, ancestral reverence is the only one I know, okay? Um, Charles, you are a father. I don't know if Cheryl is a, fa- a, a, a mother or anything of that sort, okay? But before we put our trust in a mysterious God, we put our trust in our ancestors. Why? Because there's no one that loves my children more than I do. There's no one that loved me more than my father did or my grandmother did. So right. if God is so displaced from us or so far away from us, I have to ask my ancestors to help me with these problems because they're going to do whatever it can or whatever they can from that space to be able to help me. Well, now let's, let's, let's come at children. Let's come at this a different direction though. What Mm -hmm. if I don't ask? What if I'm just honoring them? I think what Cheryl's saying here is if I honor them, if I just make a place for them, if I'm just doing this proper thing, does that, without asking, does that just benefit my life? You know, like exercise, right? Exercise helps you. Eating right helps you. Well, let me tell you something. It will benefit you in more ways than one, okay? Because that smell of fresh baked pie, that gut feeling that tells you don't go down that street, go down this street, 
that feeling that tells you, go ahead and play that damn number. All those things come from ancestors. So when you open up that thing of conversation, that openness, that openness to them, yes, blessings do fall upon you. Right on. That's great. Thank you for answering that question. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to episode 95, but actually the 100th episode of the Now You Know show with our special guest, Candelo Cambisa from Cambisa.org and the Association of Independent Readers and Workers taking all of your questions about ancestors. And we will be right back to have him answer more of your questions to take care of you, take care of your relationships with your living generations and your ancestors so you don't get into any kind of family trouble. And I want a woman I try to see the right When I had a woman I try to see the right When I she will be drunk Ooh, well, well, and put some pride on it I love that woman I done it best I could When I love that woman I done it best I could Well, now she proved to me Ooh, well, well, that she didn't mean me no good Yes, the day of coming Believe I make a change I dare come and I believe I make a change. Well, now the way she treat me, ooh, well, well, I go down dirty shame. I wonder what's the matter that I can't sleep tonight. I wonder what's the matter that I can sleep at night. Well, something in my family, ooh, well, well, you know, ain't going all right. That's all I did, ain't. Why you told me wings? Well, 
and my woman told me, 1934. Well, now that you have a new man, you well, well, she can't use me no more. Charles Porterfield and our special guest tonight that we are so honored and happy to have with us, the one, the only, Candelo Cambisa. Oh, yes. And uh, we're going to sort of go into a slightly different uh, venue now, uh, talking about some of them family trouble blues. Uh, Candelo, we have yes, a letter here from Dennis. And, uh, in fact, Dennis is a friend of both of ours. You may know him. And Dennis has written in to talk about uh, young people becoming involved in hoodoo, root work, and spiritual work. So let me relate this to uh, you a couple of different ways. You know in Judaism we have a, a ceremony for boys at 13 and for girls at 12, the bat mitzvah and the bar mitzvah at which they are they enter their adulthood. And at that point in time, uh, prior to that, uh, it is believed that they there's no need for them to keep mitzvot. There's no reason for, you know, they're children. They're free of any sort of problems. And then once they pass through this, they essentially become spiritual adults. Not spiritually grown, but spiritual adults. And then it's their responsibility to start doing these prayers, doing this, doing that, etc., so our question here is this. In terms of ancestral veneration, uh, can children engage in it? Should the little ones be coming to the ancestral altar? Should the little ones be bringing gifts, food, uh, honorifics to it? And if not, at what age does it become appropriate for younger people to start doing that wow now that is a hard question okay because um i've seen children you know all by themselves sit down by the ancestors and speak to them i've seen children leave um leave adimuses or leave um offerings to certain deities in 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 Palo and Orisha worship, I've seen children dance um, to the drumming, sometimes even better than the adults. Like in all things, especially in spiritual stuff, I, I really think that the child can, let's say, choose or or whenever the moment is for them. I wouldn't push anyone into any of these spiritual islands. I wouldn't, honestly. I wouldn't push anybody into Apollo. I wouldn't push, and especially a child, okay, or into or into um, any kind of ancestral reverence. So I really cannot answer that question because I've seen 
things happen, brother, but I can't tell you at what age would a child be ready for this. All right. I, so I let's honestly kinda... believe in I, – I really believe in letting children have their childhood. Right. At least this is my personal thing. Mm-hmm. And they choose to want to sit down and want to sit at a misa or, or, or want to give something to 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 the dearly departed and stuff. Well, then yes, you know, get, go ahead and give it to them. But in most, okay, so um, so if they if they, if they if they do it naturally, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to enforce it upon them or demand it of them. But if they feel called to bring grandma whatever, a little piece of candy, a toy, what have you, then we're right. not we're not going to we're not going to discourage them either. Right. Okay. Right. We, so I that wouldn't discourage to make them. A lot of I, would, I wouldn't be pushing them towards it either. Mm-hmm. Well I have to tell you, I can confirm what Tata Kimbisa just told you all, because I've got two little twin grandchildren in this house with me right now, uh, the, that we get through each and every week without you all hearing the wild attack of the dinosaurs is a miracle. And I have to tell, tell you that I have come across these two little twin boys on more than one occasion sitting quietly in their room, facing a wall, a window, or a corner, talking to someone I could not see. And I know it's not an imaginary playmate because they're not playing with that person. They're not telling a story. They have all sorts of imagination adventures. They talk about bridges and this and that disappears and 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 etc. 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 But these two little boys are talking to someone and answering someone, and I am absolutely convinced I know who it is, and it is a member of their family. So I have seen that. Also, Miss Catherine Ironwood reminds us, and I was going to say it, I was going to bring this up, that at Peshach, at Passover, we actually have uh, activities for children. We have two different ones. First of all, the youngest person in the room, uh, the youngest person at the Passover Seder, at the Peshach Seder, will ask the four questions. Uh, and then the elder explains the why do we the child says why do we do this on this night and we don't normally do it why on normally do we do this but tonight we're doing that and that's often a child but you know if it's not then it's just the youngest person they could be 22 right and then also at uh, Peshach we hide a piece of matzo called the afakoman and the kids go and look for it so and they go to find where it's been hidden and then they bring it back and then sometimes they get a little gift or they get praise or whatever. So I like what you've said. To me, this is, uh, as a grandfather, uh, it's very meaningful because it's not just a good piece of spiritual advice. It's a good piece of parenting advice. And I would go further. I would add to what – see, I told you, here it is again. I brought him on the show, and now I'm showing my ass adding in. Uh, I would, I would ad- make additions to what my my brother has said. I would also say that this is true not just of spirituality, but of all the major sort of, don't force your, oh, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. I don't want to be a doctor. Well, screw you. You're going to be a doctor, okay? Don't don't take away their 
sense of independence, their sense of self. Don't try to make children into little models of you. And we're not talking about manners. We're not talking about respect. We're not talking about a proper way of living. We're talking about you will practice follow. You will become a doctor. You will do this. You will do that. That is not the normal thing in life. We're not talking about their chores or keeping their room clean. We're talking about your making choices for their path. And I guarantee you that if you do that to your children or your grandchildren, it's the best way to lose your children and grandchildren. If you want your, you know, let me put it this way, you want your kids to grow up and be some other religion than you, shove your religion down their throat. I guarantee you they're going to go someplace else. Mm -hmm. So I think, thank you for that, uh, Candela. That was extremely meaningful. All right, let's see what else. And since you just brought that up, guys, um, I've also seen people saying, oh, you know, everyone in the house needs to get initiated into certain things. And I also believe that is wrong. Okay? Children should be left to um, pick their religions. I know it hurts people. Oh, you know, I, I'm a, you know, let's say my father was a Catholic. It probably would hurt him to death to find out that I was not with the Catholic stuff. But I found my place. I believe that a soul, just like it picks his ancestors, picks his family that he's going to go into, picks his spirituality long before he is born, long before she or he is born, okay? Even your, your sexuality, all these things are, are picked before you're born. Because if we believe in spirit and we believe in all these things, we have to believe that we were here and we're going to continue to be here in different shapes, forms, or whatever, and we pick the things that we're going to do. So just like my brother said, um, you know, you want to see someone shy away from something, push it down their throat when they're real young. Go ahead, brother. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, So now here's a, a question. Here we have a matter of this. What happens, this question comes to us uh, from Stephanie. And and have you noticed that we've got more women asking questions than men asking yes. questions, brother? Yes. And I, I'm going to digress for a quick moment on that. People say to me stuff about hoodoo, about root work, about whatever. Let me tell you something. You may not like it, and I don't care. Uh, I got news for you about hoodoo, root work, and conjure. This is a matriarchal situation. I'm telling you, there are more female workers than there are male workers. There are more female clients than there are male clients. There are more women doing a little piece of work. You know, they're not an expert, but they're doing this little piece of work than there are men doing a little piece of work. That's an absolute truth. You're hearing that from the horse's mouth because I work. Especially for men. Let me tell you, they are better, and, and, I, and I'm going to say this: they are better in my in, in my in, in my opinion. They are better women spiritualists than men. Absolutely. Okay. And so now, uh, to me, I'm seeing that we have more f- women asking questions about ancestors, and I want to mm. relate to that. It is my opinion that often, not always, and I'm not trying to exclude anybody here, but it is often the matriarch, whoever she is, 
great grandmama, grandmama, mama, auntie, who holds the family together. Mm-hmm. There are some men who hold their families together. God bless them. But pound for pound, more often than not, it is the matriarch that is holding the family together. And so now we have this question from Stephanie. Stephanie says that in life, her mother favored her sister over her. Her sister was mama's favorite. Mama spoiled the sister. Mama always sided with the sister. Mama gave, you know, more attention to the sister of Stephanie. Now, Stephanie is saying, if I go, can I now go and place Mama on the ancestral altar? Is it for me to do, or is it for my favored sister to do? Well, brother, again, you know, um, maybe this is just her way of thinking, and it's fine. But still was her mother, and just like I was saying earlier about, um, you know, people not wanting to get other people of other races and other things inside there that they, because of their personal beliefs or whatever it may be, there is a place on her altar for her mother. See, because all these things that maybe she couldn't tell her in life, now she can tell her in death. Um. That altar is for your good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all there. Okay? So I would tell her, yes, she can put it on her ancestral altar and speak to her. And tell her how she felt about things. Well, now, I have, in case you, ladies and gentlemen listening, haven't uh, detected yet, I have been uh, purposefully uh, uh, leading uh, my good friend and brother all evening long. You know, these questions are building. We go in someplace. And so uh, I've just been, hey, come on with me, Candela. We, it's all fine. Come with me. Wrong. It's not all fine. Here we are. We finally arrived at the moment. And we built to mm-hmm. it from our last question. Here it comes, Candelo. This question comes to us from April, just like the month. And I'm just going to sum this up for April because she goes into some personal details that we're not going to say on her. Uh, Mm -hmm. April comes from a background of familial, physical, mental, emotional, and sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And April is wanting to know, and see, we got here, folks, because we were talking about the good, the bad, the other, the this, and the that, ugly. and the ugly. And April wants to engage in some ancestral veneration. Now, mm-hmm. April's doing this more in the way that we have seen traditionally in the African-American community, uh, in hoodoo and root work, where it's primarily on the, on the mantle okay, of the house. And she has all the pictures of all the beloved there, and she sets out a little cup of coffee for them. And so she wants to know this. How does she keep these monstrous individuals? I mean, these people, these were bad, bad, bad fucking people. And we are lucky that April is in the world with us, having survived what she survived. How does she keep those sons of bitches away from her 
ancestral altar because she has no desire to engage with them, to forgive them, to pay homage to them, to bring them gift one other than a neatly folded message that says, kiss my ass. How does, mm. how does April or anyone else do that? Can you? Of course you can. First of all, you have to use some type of banishing technique and call on your and call on your stronger or the or, or your better ancestors to keep you covered in their say cloaks or whatever you want to call this. Okay, but I've also found that you can also put several things in and around your altar or in and around your bed at night that will keep these spirits away. Okay. Now you ask gotcha. me, how can this person do this? Okay. Right. I like to put um, familiars or put or put um, guardians up. Okay, guardians are spiritual beings that you'll put up in around your altar. All right, or in around your bed that you say with certain prayers, so that these guardians will keep away those unwanted spirits. Okay, it's a very simple tactic. On how you do this Okay One if you're a person that has um, That uses several cups On your ancestral altar Like we do We use 7, 9, 21 or whatever it may be Okay The one thing you do is You put your main ancestral thing in, in Right in the middle And the other ones you would put In the form of an arrow Going on either side of it Okay Meaning it that it was on in a protective mode, and it'll take away one attacks against you, and two protect you against unsavory spirits. The other thing that I would do is I would set up four um, guardians. Okay, how do I do that? With a little bit of kosher salt, I would um, I would put a, a the, the the sign of a cross on it. Okay. And then I would put an egg inside of each one of these things with the culture salt. I would put it on the bottom of the thing. I would say Psalms 91, Psalms 23, and I would bring in my protective spirits. Okay? And these guardians will leave all those bad energies and all those bad spirits out of your ancestral thing. Okay, remember that I told you earlier in the show that there was one spirit that was holding down another spirit. Okay, that was yes. a spirit that actually raped this one spirit. So you have to remember that these spirits are all known. They know what happened to you. Okay, they keep these spirits down. All right, they got them basically by the damn neck. Right. So a lot of these spirits are landlocked. So another thing that I would tell this person is, because of whatever they did, these spirits have not been able to travel on to the next level or to the next thing that they need to do. Okay? So what this person needs to do is, what we do is, we go steal a mass. Okay? We'll go to a mass, and we will actually steal it. Meaning that when the, um, they have this thing called para fieles difuntos, all right, for the for the faithfully departed in the Catholic Church. I don't know if they have it in the Baptist Church, but I know this is the way we do it. So we'll go in there, we'll steal a mask, whenever the doc, whenever the priest is saying the person's um the person's names, 
will go in there and say and say the person's name. Bam. Whenever they're bringing around the thing for the arms or for the money, we'll get up and leave. So we have stolen this. So then, for the next nine consecutive days, we are lifting that spirit up with prayer. Lifting it up, lifting it up, lifting it up. And the ninth day, then that spirit is thought to be elevated. And not so clumbersome or not so, you know, inside your, your, your life on things. You do not act necessarily have to put that spirit on your ancestral altar. You just want to elevate them a little bit. I see. Let me sum that up for everyone here a little bit. Uh, so let's answer this for April. April, you do not have to work with these ancestors. You do not have to forgive these ancestors. These people who harmed you, who raped you, who abused you, you don't have to deal with them at all. You can put protection between yourself and them. If you're in an ATR, go to your elders. They're going to aid you. If you're not, if you're practicing hoodoo, root work, etc., you can use Psalm 91. I was so happy to hear that. You can use the 23rd Psalm as well. You can lay down your normal protection. If you're Catholic, you could call upon guardian angels okay, uh, to stand between you and this wicked individual. And this need not be uh, a circumstance that cuts you off from the rest of your ancestors. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank... Candelo Cambisa for coming out tonight and being with us here on the show. And for everyone, to, we had a slightly smaller audience than normal because of technical difficulties. Thank you all for putting up with those difficulties, including our wonderful guest. And before I go any further, I have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this show could not have happened without one man. The excellent, the thoughtful, the kind, the diligent Troll Towelhead, who sat on our board tonight talking back and forth with me to cue up songs because I had no control to do it. Our hats are off to you, Chief. You are the man. Brother Candelo, tell these good people where they can find you. Well, they can find me at Kinvisa.org. But each and every day I am on Hoodoo Psychics. Yes, Hoodoo Psychics. I am on Hoodoo Psychics Extension 1362, I believe it is. You can also find me there. But do you know where you can really find me if you haven't seen me? In person, you can find me at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It's going to be in less than a month. I cannot wait to meet everyone there. And it's funny because we're going to be giving a class on how to set up a white table, an ancestor altar. We're going to be speaking about that. Um, Man. So I'm happy we were able to do this show, man, and, and I'm looking forward to meeting and, and talking to everyone at the Hulu Harrison's Festival. So that's the closest place you can see me and actually meet me in person. And you can find Candelo Cambisa any day, any time on uh, at the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. Uh, that's readersandrootworkers.org air. Well, folks, it has been a wild, wild ride. We came through 100 episodes. We overcame the attack of the ninjas tonight. 
We we found a way forward doing a show blind, having to talk to Troll Towelhead by Braille. We did it, and we answered your questions that have been piling up. We hope that each and every one of you got the help you need, because, my friends, now you know. Oh, yes, never fear, we'll be back, because this is not the end. The end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. And don't back to fool Come on down to Dallas, King Kong Kitty. Coming through the territory in Kansas City. And Kansas City, St. Louis. And St. Louis, Chicago. I'm on my way, but I'm doing well. Change cars on the TV. Leaving Fort Worth, Texas. I'm on my way to Chicago. 